we are at a great, great advantage as, as born-again believers. We have an advantage over what is happening in the world. And why is that? Because we are not of this world. We're living in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in a different family. We're in a different kingdom. And this king that we are in, Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. Praise God. When you walk in right standing with God, when you walk in the peace of God, and you walk in the joy of the Lord, man, there's just nothing better. Nothing better. You can't find it in a pill bottle. You can't find it in a drink. You can't find it in a joint. It only comes in Him. Amen? And aren't you glad you are in Him? Glory to God. And so the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of God that passeth all understanding, He said it will keep your hearts and it will keep your minds in and through Christ Jesus. There is a peace Praise God that we is that is not of this place. <laughs> this peace that we partake of doesn't come from this place. It doesn't come from this world. Aren't you glad? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We have a peace that comes from another place. Another place. We have got heaven's peace for earth's tests, for earth's trials. Heaven's peace for the earth's cares. I'm so glad that he told us in the word of God that we can roll all our care, that we can cast all of our care upon him. And the reason why that we can do that is because he absolutely loves us and he absolutely cares for us. Amen. I like what Keith Hershey says. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. Amen. So I think this, that when we get an understanding and a real revelation of just how much our Father loves us, what that does to fear is it dispels it. Now understand that fear is a manifestation of worry. Fear is a manifestation of anxiety. It's all coupled together. It's all in the same family. But thank God there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. Amen. Go ahead and say this with me. My Father, He loves me. My Father, He loves me as much as He loves Jesus. That's liberating. That's true freedom right there. Oh, glory to God. That'll set your feet to dancing. Our Father loves us as much as He loves Jesus. Woo, glory to God. Why should I fear? Why should I carry the weight of the world on my shoulders? When my Father told me to take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. A revelation of how much He loves us will change your life forever. Now, this is something we need to remind ourselves of on a continual basis. My Father loves me as much as He loves Jesus. In Psalm 55, in verse 22, notice that scripture over there, the 
the 55th Psalm, he said, cast your burden over on the Lord, and what will he do? If you cast your burden over on the Lord, he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So what this is inviting us to do is to unload our burdens on him, releasing the weight of it. The Amplified says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. Releasing the weight of the burden is the opposite of holding on to it. Too many Christians are holding on to the burdens of this life. When the great burden bearer said, come unto me, all you that are heavy and heavy laden. And he said, I'm going to, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to cause my rest to come upon you. Oh, thank God. Amen. Uh, the common English Bible says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will support you. Now we sang tonight a song called Jaira. You know what Jaira is, right? He's Jehovah Jaira. He's the one who meets all your needs. He is the one who is more than more than more than enough. He is the one that gives us the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of God that's working in us. Amen. And so there's, there's rest for the people of God. There's peace for the people of God. In uh, Psalms 46 in verse 10, I want you to notice something here. Psalm 46 verse 10. Notice this verse of scripture. It says, uh, uh, let's go ahead and get it up there. Psalm 4610. He says, be still and do what? Be still and know that I am God. Worried people, anxious people are not still people. Worried people anxious people are not quiet people they don't know anything about stillness in their soul and he said be still and know that i am god now in the amplified version look at that if you would have pulled it up he says let be and be still and know and recognize that i am god I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now notice with me. He said, let be and be still. What this tells me, before I can really enter into stillness, into a quiet place, into a place where I'm relaxed in his presence, into a place where I have uh, unloaded the cares of this life, before I can enter into those things, I need to let some things be. I need to just to let some things be, stop considering them, stop thinking about them, and start considering what the word of the Lord has said unto me. Now, Jesus is a perfect example of someone that knew how to be still. He's the Prince of Peace. He carried peace on the inside of him he was 
God manifest in the flesh and he displayed the peace of God when he walked the earth. He was not rattled by the persecution that he faced. He was not moved by the Sadducees or the Pharisees. He continued to fulfill what God had called him to do regardless of all of the pressure that was around him. They absolutely tried to throw him off a hill one day. And I was, Brenda and I have been at that hill in Israel. I mean, it's a big, long hill. They wanted to throw him headlong down that hill. But Jesus was so full of peace. You know what the Bible says he did? He walked right through the midst of them. They could not touch him. Why? Because he was walking on assignment to the Father's will, and he was walking in the peace of God. Hallelujah. They could not touch him. They could not touch him until he let them touch him. They could not take him to Calvary until he let them take him to Calvary. He was on assignment. Now, over in Mark chapter 4, let's look at some verses over there. Everyone say, let be and be still. In Mark the fourth chapter, I got to find my Bible. You know, your Bible's a good thing to have in church. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Mark the fourth chapter. And this is right after he taught on the sower sows the word. And he said in Mark chapter 4 and in uh, verse 14, it says, The sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Have you noticed that persecution and affliction comes to get the seed of God's word out of you? And that's why he is encouraging them to make sure that you have the right ground in your life so as the word comes into you, the enemy will not be able to take it out of you. It says in verse 17, And so endure for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, what happens? Immediately they get offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the cares of this life, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, and what happens? It chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So we see then that carrying the cares of this world is not a good thing. Walking through life burdened 
and oppressed by what's going on in the world and by what may be coming on the earth is a perfect way for the word of God to be choked out of your life. It's important to work on and to stay carefree. It really is. How many of you have had an opportunity this week already to take the care of something? What about the rest of you? Let me ask you this. How many of you this week have had ample opportunity to take some cares? Right? You know, whatever care it might be. It might be a physical thing. It might be a financial thing. It might be a family thing. I mean, the devil is a master at presenting to us the worst case scenarios and presenting to us the cares of this life. And he always comes with, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? Well, we need to turn the table on that rat. And say, what are you going to do, Mr. Devil, when God comes through for me? Amen? And so the cares of this life enter in and choke the word, and the word of God becomes unfruitful. I say on a regular basis, I am carefree. I mean, immediately when thoughts come to your mind, when when you're presented with those imaginations, what you need to do is declare, no, Mr. Devil, I cast that down. I'm carefree. I'm walking in peace. I don't care what you say. I don't care what it looks like. I'm walking in the peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm full of peace. I am carefree. Say that with me. I am. I'm carefree. Amen. Now notice. He said, and these are they, in verse 20, which are sown on good ground. Well, that's you. Thank you for those two hearty grunts. Is that you or is that you? You need to believe you're good ground. Amen. You're good ground. I'm good ground. Now, notice what he said about good ground. He's talking about us. And these are they which are sown on good ground. Such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. Amen. And so, in the context of him teaching this golden, golden teaching on the sower sows the word, they immediately had an opportunity to act on it. Now, notice with me in verse. Uh, Well, I'm just going to go ahead and read. Just keep reading. You enjoying this? All right. In verse 21, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to what? He's talking about spiritual ears here, right? If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, for what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. Well, that's good news, right? So if you have a hearing heart, and you believe that you're good ground, and you're taking heed to what you're hearing, and you're acting upon what you're hearing, the Bible says more will be given. Do you suppose there's more understanding that we can get from the Scriptures? Do you suppose the eyes of our spirit could be enlightened even more? And get greater insight and revelation in the knowledge of Him? 
Increase in the knowledge of God to get into a point where we overflow? More is being given. Amen. Amen. Now notice in verse 25. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed, where? Into the ground. So in this context, we know the seed is the word, and the ground is the heart of man. And that's how he's telling us how the kingdom of God functions and operates. And so is the kingdom of God if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and should spring up and grow, he knows not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade. Don't despise the blade. Get happy at the blade. Some of you right now at the blade stage need to be happy about the blade. Don't complain about the blade. Because as sure as the blade shows up, if you stay in faith, praise God, something else is going to come up. I said something else is going to come up. Amen. It's a process. It's a seed. Seed time and harvest. Amen. And should sleep, rise night and day, and should spring and knows not how. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear. And oh, hallelujah. How about this? After that, the full corn... The full corn in the ear. That's not just enough. That's more than more than enough. And that's what we sang about tonight. So there's freedom that's available to us through the seed of God's word, cultivating that seed, acting on the seed, and watering the seed, and living it out, praise God, until the harvest comes. Amen. Now notice with me in verse 29. But when the fruit is brought forth... Immediately putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Oh, thank God for harvest. And you know, that's where we're at. We're in harvest time right now. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. It may not smell like it. But it is harvest time. It is awakening time. If there's one thing our nation needs, sure enough, we need an awakening. Can you shout amen? Well, I think I'll just keep reading. Is that all right? The harvest has come. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up. Say with me, it grows up. And becomes greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. Interesting. Amen. And verse 34 says, But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Man, I'm sure like to be in on that teaching. Now, here's what we want to get to. Remember this. Let be and be still. Everyone say, let be be. and be still. still. Every one of us ought to have a place where we can get quiet. I don't know if you remember a couple Wednesday nights ago, we talked about the meeting place. And that we have the ability to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace and mercy for our help and help in our time of need. But we need to have that place where we can 
get quiet. Get quiet. Because God wants us to be still to the point where we can hear his voice. How many of you need to hear his voice? How many of you have some things right now in your life that you're contemplating, that you're circling the city about and praying about, if you will, some answers that you need? Well, he has the answers. But the answers do not come when we're so busy that we don't have time to hear. Now, I'm not talking about legalism here. I'm not talking about, you know, that you have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and have 10 hours or so before you go to work. You wouldn't even make it till noon if you did that. (laughs) But I'm talking each and every one of us need to have that quiet time, that Selah time. Amen? I mean, you literally might need to get in your closet at home. I can remember when we would have company coming in for Christmas and and Thanksgiving and things like that. Um, our house isn't that big. Uh, and uh, so what I would need to do is I'd just go get in the car and take a drive. You know, God talks to me while I'm driving. And so I'd go over to Coyote Hills and park my car right there. And I'd say, thank you, Jesus. I couldn't hear any other voices, all those things. Be still. Be still. It's the will of God. For us to be still. Amen. Amen. All right. Now notice. And the same day. This is right after he spoke to them this parable. And the same day when the evening was come. He said to them. Let us pass over where? Now when Jesus said let's go to the other side. You know for sure. He wants and he can and he has the ability for you to get to the other side. He'll never say, let's go to the other side and then kind of have a senator laugh and say, I got you now. You're not going to make it. No. When he says we're going, we're going. When he says he supplies our need, he supplies our need. When he says by his stripes we're healed, we are the healed. When he says we're free from fear, we're free from fear. So he told them, Let's go over to the other side. And when they had sent the multitude away, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. That's the test. That's the affliction. That was coming to take the word of God right out of their hearts. Jerry Savelle years ago preached a great message on mega storm. The word great there is the word mega. So there arose a great storm. He said it like this. It was a storm with very bad intentions. It was a storm not only to stop them from getting to the other side, but also to take their lives. Mega storm. A big storm. Kind of like Acts chapter 27. When Paul went through that storm, it was Eurycledon. It was a huge, huge, big storm. And so they're on their way to the other side. And here comes this mega storm. And uh, the ship and the waves got into the ship. And so it was now full. Now notice Jesus. 
He was in the hinder part of the ship, pacing back and forth. I want you to get this picture. He was in the hinder part of the ship, and what was he doing? He was asleep on a pillow. Did he believe what he said that we're going to the other side? But I think that the interesting thing about this is the reason why, one of the reasons why he could be asleep on a pillow is because of his communion that he had with his father on a regular basis. He had such heart-to-heart communion with his father. He rose up sometimes a great while before day to get away from people so that he could fellowship and commune with his father. He was still before the father. And in that time of stillness, he also got saturated. What did he get saturated with? He got saturated with the peace of God. So he was equipped then to go about his day and do what he was called to do in peace and in joy. Amen. Amen. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. He was asleep on the pillow. And they woke him up and said unto him, Master, don't you (coughs) care that we perish? Think about this. Asking the Prince of Peace if he was worried. Don't you care that we perish? Aren't you anxious that we're not going to make it to the other side? Master, master, don't you care? Oh, my goodness. And he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said unto the sea, Peace, peace, be what? Be still he could have just as easily said me be still be still he would have never been able to say that with authority if he had not been in the presence of God prior to that to be filled with the fullness of God so that he could speak forth the peace of God in that setting He said, peace, be be still. Woo, glory to God. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Say it to me, the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Jerry Savelle says it this way, for every mega storm, Jesus and God have a mega calm. But what I want you to see is this. He modeled this for us. He modeled this for his disciples. Because look at what he said to them. He said in the next verse, And he said unto them, Why is it that you are so fearful, are full of fear? Why is it that you are so worried and anxious? How is it that you have no faith? He had just spent hours teaching them the sower sows the word. And he warned them about these things. And he said, why are you so fearful? How is it 
that you have no faith. And in verse 2041, it says, And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Now here is the crux of the message. If Jesus said, Peace be still to the storms, you and I can say, Peace be still to the storms of life that come to us. If Jesus modeled this for us and gave us the same authority that he had when he walked this earth, we can speak to the mountains. We can speak to the storms of life. We can speak to our emotions. We can speak to those things that come against us. And we can declare, be still in the name of Jesus. This comes from the inside of you because you have spent time in his presence and time in his word it becomes automatic as you rise up and it's like a trigger where you declare over those things be still in the name of Jesus now in closing I think when it comes to your own soul when it comes to your own mind sometimes our minds I mean, if we don't hold our mind in check, how many of you know your mind will go all over the place? Like I said earlier, your mind will give you the worst case scenario. But there are times in your life where you may be laying in bed or you may be driving down the road. Just take your hands and put them on yourself and put it on your head and say, peace, be still in the name of Jesus and there will be a great calm a great calm now you're going to get an opportunity to act on this perhaps before the week is through so let's stand up right now and let's thank God for what we've heard thank God for the freedom that is in Christ Jesus whom the son has set free is absolutely free indeed now you may be there right now You may be going through a a battle in your soul. You may be going through some all sorts of uh, images and imaginations and reasonings that are contrary to the word of God. You can exercise your faith right now and experience the stillness of the spirit of God coming all over your body in Jesus name.